Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. You know the show where I sit down with amazing humans, and today's amazing human is Jamie Kern Lima. She's this is her book. The human is going to be coming up in just a second, but Jamie's story is incredible. This one-time waitress turned into a cosmetic mogul when she sold her company, It Cosmetics for a billion plus dollars. That's right, a billion with a B. And today you get to hear her story with radical authenticity, vulnerability. And if you've ever had self-doubt, if you've ever needed a little extra courage to take some risks, especially in the face of a lot of people around you telling you what your big dream is, is not going to work, this episode is for you. So I'm gonna get out of the way and introduce, again, Jamie Kern Lima. We're gonna talk about a lot of things, her story, her new book, Believe It, and I know you're going to love the show, so I'll get out of the way, and here's Jamie. Hey, this episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live, and you're like, isn't that the platform that you uh, are the founder and CEO of? Yes, it's true. I am the founder of Creative Live, and they are the underwriter for the show, but it, it goes beyond that. This is not about a transaction. You know that I believe so deeply in the power of creativity to affect change, to get us unstuck and to uh, unlock the the things, the beliefs, the dreams that we have for this one precious life. And there is no better way of doing that than learning from the world's top creators and entrepreneurs. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, this is where the best teachers in the world teach photography, video, art, design, music, audio, business, and ultimately the ability to make a living and a life in any or all of those disciplines in a way that you want to. And the best way to do that, bar none, is through the Creator Patch, which is the subscription that we have unlocked now at Creative Live. It used to be like 100 bucks for a class. Now for 100 and change, you can unlock thousands of classes, tens of thousands of hours from the world's top creators. So where do you go to get the best price on that? That is creativelive.com slash creator pass, all one word best prices there. I wanted to say thank you in advance. If you already have the pass, cool. Give me a shout out. I will give you a high five on social. And if you don't, now is a great time to pick it up. Jamie Kern Lima, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I have been tracking your story for some time on the internet and, um, what an amazing story it has been. And and I'm watching from the outside. I'm so excited to have you on the show here today to do what we can to share with our listeners and watchers um, your journey, how you've overcome some amazing obstacles and created an incredible company and maybe even more importantly, incredible life for yourself. So for those folks who might be new to you and your work, I'm wondering if you can you know, this is the opening shot of the film here. Ground us in, <laughs> in Jamie Kern Lima's life. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. And, and I want to say I'm honored to share like the story behind the story. You know what I mean? And and I think that when you Google my life or my story, you see, oh, Denny's waitress builds billion dollar company. <laughs> and it's kind of the highlight reel. And it seems like a fairy tale. And, you know, part of why I wrote Believe It and part of why I'm so excited to do the show with you is I think that. What I've realized over the years is when we just see like that that headline, um, you know, then you know all of us as creators and you know people with dreams or want to launch a business, we kind of feel like we're alone 
in our own rejections and failures. And, and I realized, I think that it's so important to share, you know, all the, the stories behind the stories, um, because, you know, we're all in this together as, as creators and ideators and, and all of that, and just people with dreams on our hearts. And so, um, yeah, my story, I was a Denny's waitress and, uh, <laughs> and have had a lot of other, uh, jobs as well. And, and I, um, you know, kind of knew my whole life though, since the time I was a little girl sitting in my living room watching Oprah every day, I thought, oh, I want to share other people's stories um, as my job. And, and I always dreamed of that my whole life. And so I eventually uh, was working in what I thought was my dream job. I was working as a, a television news anchor and I was able to interview other people and, and tell their stories. And uh, something happened to me, Chase, that I thought at the time was like a big setback. Um, I was, you know, I developed a skin condition uh, all over my cheeks and my face and it uh, called rosacea, which is hereditary. So there's no cure for it. And I would be anchoring the news live um, and I would hear my earpiece from my producer uh, there's something on your face. There's something on your face. Uh, you need to wipe it off. You need to wipe it off. And and they were having my back, you know, they were awesome. And they just wanted the best for me. And I was like, oh, but I knew there was nothing I, I could wipe off. I knew it was, uh, the makeup would, would be breaking up. And then under the hot HD lights, the bright red rosacea would be coming through. And so I went through this season that, that I thought was a big setback where I started, uh, well, really dealing with a lot of self-doubt and a lot of like, oh, am I going to get fired? And am I going to lose viewers? And all the things. Um, uh, and so I saw dermatologists and uh, learned there's no cure for it. And I spent my paycheck on pretty much every possible makeup product I could find from like the super expensive de department store ones that I couldn't afford at the time, all the way to the drugstore ones and the pro makeup artist products and nothing would work. And it was this kind of moment where I got this inkling, like a lot of us who have created something or know we want to one day, like we get this, this feeling. And I got this feeling that did not make sense in my head, but it made sense in my gut that said like, you, you know, if you can figure out how to create a product that works for you, it's probably going to help a whole lot of other people. Um, but I'm sitting there chasing what I thought was my dream job. <laughs> and I keep having this feeling that I'm supposed to like give up on 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 my dream and start a new one, um, even though I had I had no connections, I knew nothing about the beauty industry, um, had very little money. Anyone out there who's worked as a journalist will know uh, you don't get paid very much. Um, but it was this moment, and I think you know, in in the last decade in particular of of my journey and my story, there's a lot of things I've done wrong. And, and I share all of those in, in my book for the first time. But there's also like, when I look back at the things I did right, they kind of all come down to like the start of this moment where um, I, you know, made the decision um, to, to listen to my gut and to trust myself, even when it didn't make sense. Um, and I kind of learned this lesson that like, sometimes it's, because we live in this culture where everyone's like, just don't quit, just don't give up. But I actually think that that's not the victory. <laughs> I think the victory is 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 learning to listen to our gut and like knowing that you know letting go of a dream sometimes is as important as knowing when to go after one. Um, and it's the knowing, right? That's that's the victory. So I I made the decision to to quit my dream job and go all in on creating a business that I had no idea how to launch. 
Um, and I had no idea how hard being an entrepreneur would be. There's a, a, a quote that's attributed to Elon Musk, which is doing a startup is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. <laughs> and yes. when, when people, you know, there, I think there's a, it's been largely romanticized in our culture, starting your own business. But uh, I imagine just from what I learned in the book and just to, to get it out there up front, your book is incredible. Congratulations. And I want to plug it hardcore here just in the first 10 minutes of our conversation, which it's called Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. Um, and for anyone who's listening right now, this is if you've got self-doubt, if you want to gain the courage to take these risks, the ones that that Jamie started sharing just a moment ago and will share with us throughout the show, um, this idea of trust, uh, managing rejection, whether that is, you know, even in, in your inner circle, your family, or, you know, what the world thinks, it's an absolute must read. I've read so many of these books from entrepreneurs and yours is special and different. Um, so thank you for writing it. Uh, but, you know, back to your, back to your story, a handful of things that you said jumped out at me that I want to put a pin in and come back to the, you talked about the role of quitting and I couldn't agree more that this concept of sort of, you know, always push through. And I think if you had owned that idea in the way that it's talked about in our culture, you'd probably still be a TV journalist. So what is the difference between quitting what you thought was your dream job or what is the balance between quitting what you thought was your dream job and trusting your intuition to you know, do something outside of that, that seems risky and unknown and, and scary. Help us understand how, you know, what was going yeah. on in your mind. There's so many people right now listening that are like, that's me. That's I, I, I got a good thing. I want to chase my dreams. I want to trust my gut, but I, I'm not quite sure what it's telling me. Yeah. And I think learning to like get still and actually hear our own gut is so important. And I think it's so hard. I think that, you know, we all, I, I believe Chase, I believe we all have this knowing, right? Like to your point, there's so many people probably listening right now, watching right now, uh, that if they were to just get still for a minute and, and check in with their gut, even if they're rusty on doing this, right? They usually know if they're in the right job or in the right relationship, or if they need to maybe end a friendship. Or they know if they have more inside of them, like, and, and, and it's on their heart to write a book or to, to take that first step and, and start photography, right? Whatever that, that is, if we get still, I really believe we all have that knowing. And I think that learning, you know, one of the things I talk a lot uh, about a lot in the book is, you know, how do you start building that muscle again of intuition and, and learning to, to trust it? Because I think, you know, for something, it's a life for, for so many of us, it's a lifelong journey of, of really learning how. And it's like we keep refining our, our intuition as we go. But what I see happening now, and you know, I have the blessing of mentoring, you know, so many entrepreneurs now and a lot of women. And what I see happening so often is that you know, as we go on in life, <laughs> we, we literally stop learning how to hear our own gut and stop listening to it. And, and I think part of that is because, first of all, the noise of self-doubt and our own inner critic gets, gets so loud all around us that sometimes it's hard to even break through and know what is our own 
knowing anymore. Um, we then often have, you know, other people's opinions. And sometimes that can come in the form of people we love so much, like our inner circle, our, our friends, our family, who, who love us and uh, often, and, and usually they'll mean well, but they often can't see the potential of our own hopes and dreams because they're seeing it through the, the lens of their own limitations, right? And their own fear and their own life experience. And so all of a sudden we have, you know, all the noise of every, and by the way, anyone who's been an entrepreneur or is right now, often we all share, right? We share an experience where, you know, at some point, I mean, I can share my own at some point when I was getting no traction in my business, the first three years, I had so many people say like, are you sure you should have quit your job? You know, are you sure you're qualified to be doing this? Are you like, I love you, but I'm worried about you. Are you, you know, all those things, right? And we have to be so careful because at some point that noise can get so loud too. Um, then <laughs> if, if anyone out there who's going through an experience like I went through for a number of years, I had, when I first launched the business, you know, I had these experts that I would put on a pedestal. And in my case, it was all the department stores that, you know, as a Denny's waitress, I would save my tip money to buy a, a makeup product in one of those department stores. And I just thought, wow, if they carry my product, this is going to be amazing. And all the, you know, QVC uh, and the beauty retailers, I, I put them on a pedestal. And so for the first three years of my business, when all of them said no over and over and over and said I wasn't the right fit or uh, I needed to not use real women as models, I needed to, to, to do, a, you know, the, the, I call it antiquated standard of beauty, which is like flawless Photoshop skin. And they all told me that's what I need to do to sell product. And it was three years of them basically saying, and some of them in these actual words, you're not the right fit. Um, for us or for our customers. And, you know, so we get experts telling us that, or for a lot of us, it's just like no traction that we thought was going to happen with our dream or our idea or our creation or our sales of our, of our product or business. So we have all of that. And, and then we turn the news on and we're like, ah, right. So all of this is going on and it's, it's so hard if we don't take a big step back. And this is one of the things that Again, I share so much that I did wrong too. It'll hopefully save people a lot of nights crying themselves to sleep. But one of the things I did right was like learn how to really get still and hear my own knowing and my own my own knowing that said you're supposed to keep going or you're not. And to me, trusting ourselves when we learn to hear ourselves and trust ourselves. Um, yeah. That's the victory in life. The victory isn't like, oh, building a billion dollar company or oh, this. To me, it's 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 learning how to get still and trust our knowing and know that we're on our own path of becoming all of who we are um, and who we're born to be. And I think what happens because it's so easy to let this happen is all the noise from everyone else and our own self doubt. All of it gets so loud that it becomes so much easier to just like stay in our comfort zone and not go after the dream when it, when it seems hard or not keep going, even though, you know what I mean? Even though like we feel like we should, it becomes easier to just stay in our comfort zone, which comes like comes at the price of, I think it starts to chip away at our soul. Um, we start to risk talking ourselves out of our own truth 
and never become the person we're born to be. Not to be all dramatic on your show, but like that's no. really to me what it is. It's like we literally can talk ourselves out of our own truth and, and never become the person we're born to be. And how many people do we know that have done that? So many, the majority, right? And that's what I think is the biggest challenge as, as a creator, as someone with a dream on your heart, as someone who knows you have more to give or serve or love is how do you step into that? Um, yeah. It's so true. And, and I, it's hard to overstate, uh, I want to join in your symphony here, this, this idea that the advice comes from people that you admire. You've spent so much time learning about and thinking about, as you said, and the, some of the people that are closest to you that love you dearly and don't want, certainly don't want to see you in pain. And I think those, that those voices are trusted is part of what makes playing through and trusting your gut and following your intuition, all the things that you said so hard. And so to underscore your point, quiet, still awareness of who you are and, and what you believe in it, it sounds easy just to say, listen to that, but I believe it's hard. And so I'm wondering if you can share some of the specifics. Do you go on a you know ten day vipassana no talking retreat? Do you um, you know go on a long sojourn in the mountains? Is it a daily meditation, mindfulness, prayer practice? Like what are what are some of the things yeah. that you did to actually quiet the noise? Because right now everyone would like to quiet those voices in their head, but yeah. help us see it through your eyes. I've never done one of those retreats, but I would love to. <laughs> I would love my, wife, my, my wife is a super retreater. She is like, she oh, teaches nice. meditation and mindfulness. So she's always gone yeah. for 10 days and comes back like this enlightened being. And I'm toiling away and you know, doing the dishes or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I, I too endeavored to do that one day, but I want to know what your, what your process is. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I, uh, and, and I think everyone can do this. I think that it, it all starts, and this is how I started. Because this, you know, my at the end of the day, my book is a, is not just a, some big business success story. My book is really a story about a girl who went from not believing in herself um, to believing in herself and not knowing how to hear my own intuition, right? To learning how, and then and then learning how to trust it, um, and really a journey of of going from doubting I'm enough to knowing I'm enough, and. You know, I just think, you know, it's the story of so many other people right now um, as well on their own journey of learning to do that, learning to believe in themselves and trust themselves and know they're enough. And for me, it started with really like really basic, simple, simple, like taking three to five minutes a day. That's it. And you can, so for some people, they have chaos going on in their house. They have kids running everywhere. They have all this stuff, right? Especially, especially right now in this, in this season that we're in. And so, you know, it can be as simple even as, you know, going and sitting in the car. And a lot of parents will understand that one. <laughs> going and sitting in the car by yourself for two minutes. Or, you know, going into your, your bathroom and closing the door. And it's it starts just, I, I think, the best way for me, I've been able to really build my intuition over the years is just to take two to five minutes and actually start to learn what does it even feel like? What, is it, what do I even think and feel in my knowing about anything, right? And I think for a lot of people that, that start this, because for a lot of people hearing their own knowing, it'll be the first time ever or the first time in a long time once they start doing this again. And 
I think that it's critical to everything in life um, to, to get back in touch with this. But, you know, it can be as simple as two to five minutes of literally just sitting there and just saying, what do I feel and think? And, you know, asking yourself a question and seeing if you answer it. For a lot of people, by the way, this is how they hear God or whatever faith it is they practice through their own gut or their own intuition. Um, and, you know, I think it's something that we all have to give ourselves grace in the process of because, you know, I think well, at least what happened for me, and I know a lot of other people too, is that, you know, you try to do it. And just like trying to meditate for the first time, you're like, oh, I tried to do it, but I'm running through my to-do list in my own mind. And, you know, all the things of the day, and like, that's so normal. And, and you just have to give yourself grace and really work on, on building that muscle. The other thing is to, you know, really start to pay attention and think through, um, you know, are there experiences in your life where you trusted yourself, that, that gut feeling, and it worked? And really reflect on those, right? And, and, and pay attention to them. And also, are there times when you just had this gut feeling, like maybe you're dating and you have this feeling like, oh, he's sketchy and oh, he says his phone broke for three days in a row. Um, and you know, you know, he, he or she is lying, you know, right? But you make the decision to ignore your gut. And then, you know, it, it, we always end the truth. It plays in the end. out. It plays, <laughs> right. out. It plays <laughs> out. But like paying attention to like all the times, because for all of us, we have those moments in life continually. And a lot of times we just go so fast through life. We're so busy. We live almost numb in a way. And, and we disconnect or disassociate from, from those moments that are our most powerful teachers. Um, and listen, I, I think I, I continuously do this to this day as I, as I look back. And, and one of the things when I look back at some of the biggest miscalculations I've had or mistakes I've made, a lot of times they come down to not listening to my gut and, and, or doubting it, you know, thinking, oh, you know, and, and, you know, one story just to share is after three years of hearing no from, you know, all of these beauty retailers, you know, cause I launched the company in my living room and couldn't afford to hire anyone for the first three years. And my husband and I were just kind of doing every job we possibly could do. And I got to the point, it was so scrappy chase. Like my middle name is Marie and Marie got her own email address at one point. So it was Marie at itcosmetics.com. And she was heading customer service and PR. And like, if this were today, Marie would be emailing, you know, Chase Jarvis, great news. Uh, our founder's available for an interview. And like, she would pitch Good Morning America, everybody, and often get no reply um, <laughs> or ignore. But Marie hustled and, you know, we did so many scrappy things for years when we couldn't afford to hire anyone. And when all these retailers were saying no, and then I'll never forget um, one, one powerful story to share in case someone listening needs to hear this right now. And maybe they're going through a season of rejection or they're going through a season of being told they're not enough um, or just feeling like they're not enough. Um, I remember, and by the way, I would email LinkedIn, everyone in LinkedIn who worked at QVC or Sephora or anywhere, I would email them and send them product. And just, it was just three years of hustling and everyone saying no. And we finally got, I'd finally gotten um, uh, a guy named Alan Burke who had, who headed all of beauty at QVC um, to review my products and get on a phone call with me. And he is in the, in the beauty industry, he's a legend, right? So he's responsible for bringing all of the really amazing department store brands we all know 
on to QVC, which QVC is a live television shopping channel. So it's broadcast to 100 million homes live and their sales goals are super high. Um, and and what I learned your, is- I've watched your clip so many times. It's oh, incredible. I've, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's amazing. Sorry, I I don't want to interrupt, but it's just it is. If you I didn't haven't know that watched you've it, seen it yeah, of course, it's incredible. Uh, well, you know what I didn't. So I didn't know a lot of things going into this uh, uh, experience in my life, but you know, I, I learned from other entrepreneurs that you can sell more in an hour show on QVC than all year in department stores, uh, because so many people watch it and they have such a large, loyal customer following. And so anyhow, I finally got. Alan Burke on a phone call. And I thought, okay, we were down to no money. I didn't know how we were going to survive. And I'll never forget, like I, you know, he, the phone rang and, and, uh, and he's like, hello, Jamie, Alan Burke from QVC. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if this legend is going to be on the phone with me and, and spend his precious time, it's got to be a yes, right? It's got to be a yes. And I was like, Alan, and I was trying to muster up every ounce of confidence. And I was trying to tell myself, like, they're lucky to have us. Like, like, be confident, Jamie. They're lucky to have us, even though they had said no for years, right? And so I finally, I was pacing around. I'll never forget, I was pacing around uh, our office, which was our living room in our apartment. And I said, uh, Alan, it's Jamie Kremlima. Thank you so much. You know, I'm so excited. And he says, well, I want to let you know we've reviewed your products with all of our buyers. Um, it's a unanimous uh, uh, agreement that it's a no uh, we're going to pass. You're not right for QVC or for our customers. You're not the right fit, uh, but thank you. And so right away I went into like, oh, but I am the right fit. And I tried to like pour my heart out again to getting him to get, and he's like, thank you for loving QVC, but it's a no. And I remember this moment because tears were streaming down my face, right? Because I didn't know how we were going to stay in business. And I uh, thanked him for his time. And I literally crawled under the covers in my bed and cried myself to sleep and then woke up the next morning hoping it was a dream. It's a bad dream. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen where you get really bad news and then you, right? And you wake up and you're like, oh, it was real. And so that <laughs> happened three days in a row. Um, and I remember this this time. And and this is the, this, these are the moments I think that define us in life when we can really learn to hear our knowing. Um, I talk a lot in the book about creating this imaginary toolbox um, of things I pull from, like it could be quotes, it could be excerpts from your show, right? It could be, you know, I have store underdog stories. I have things that just remind me of who I am, of what I'm made of. Um, and I pull from them when I need it. And, and so I was, you know, doing that. And I was also just checking in and even sobbing myself to sleep three days in a row when I would get still and check in with my own gut, I kept saying I was supposed to keep going. Um, and these are the moments I think that define our life because I didn't know at that time I would create what's now the largest beauty company in the country, right? Like I didn't know any of that. All I knew is for three years, everyone said no. And I finally got the head guy, Alan Burke on, on a phone call, the legend in, in the beauty space. And he tells me I'm not the right fit for, for, for QVC or for him. And three days later, I still, after crying for the, I check in with my gut and it says, you're supposed to keep going. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like you're, you're not supposed to quit. And, 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 and that knowing and making that decision to trust it, um, is how, uh, I kept going and, you know, to put a really fun bow on this story in case anyone listening needs this 
right now. We, we um, all need a gym. <laughs> I just think, you know what, Chase? It's like sometimes we go through these seasons of rejection and and they don't make sense and they hurt. And it's so easy to have them all equate to just self-doubt in our own head and doubt of our dreams. And that's why I just think checking in with our knowing and, and trusting it is so important. But I, um, you know, it kept going and kept going. Uh, and, and, and when I, I share this story in the book, uh, and it's a long one, so I'll skip it now, but I'll skip the how, but eventually through a trade show, through a really cool moment, through a gutsy moment of me taking a big risk, um, got a yes, uh, uh, to get one shot on QVC. So this is after three years of no's it's uh, we were down, we got down to under a thousand dollars in our bank account, which was our personal and our company combined. Um, and I finally got one shot and our first really big yes. Uh, to go on QVC. And, but here's what that meant, Chase. It meant, um, and, and we were only selling two to three orders a day on our website, right? And barely staying alive. And I learned, okay, you get one shot. You're going to get one shot to present your product live on QVC and you're going to get a 10 minute window. Um, and you either need to hit the sales goal or not come back. I was like, okay. Um, and what that meant was uh, I had to sell over 6,000 units of our concealer. Um, we were only doing two to three orders a day on our site. And there's over 6,000 units of our concealer. In 10 minutes. Uh, in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, <laughs> live on live television, no script, no teleprompter, uh, nothing. And and then on to top it all off, um, and anyone who runs a business where they're making product, they'll understand this part. But it was a consignment deal. And what that meant was we had to pay for all the own inventory ourselves ship it in and we wouldn't get paid for anything um, except for what ended up selling in that 10 minute window and whatever and whatever didn't sell would be shipped back to us uh and in our and case you own it yeah you own and it we then, own right? it and because we were only doing two to three orders a day it was like oh if anything got shipped back to us i mean there was nowhere to sell it. Like we, like we would be completely out of business and bankrupt. And so it was a really tough decision. But after three years of everyone saying no, we decided to, to take this risk and applied for 22 SBA loans uh, that all said no. And the 23rd SBA loan gave us enough money to cover just the inventory cost of this one shot on QVC. So <laughs> it's a, it's a moment that would end up being one of the most defining moments uh, in my whole career, but also life so far. Um, and I think it's a universal moment uh, because, you know, a lot of times all of us will have moments where we know what we stand for, we know what we believe in, but then all of a sudden our values are challenged um, or everything's on the line. And and that's that's what happened here. And I you know, we, we made all the inventory, did everything, uh, uh, and we're ready to get our one shot on QVC. And I was so stressed out and felt so much pressure um, because I knew this one shot would, would like literally make or break our whole company. Um, so I flew out to QVC a week early before the, the one airing, and I sat in this rental car in the parking lot, uh, praying, crying, crying. Uh, so overwhelmed uh, because what ended up happening was, you know, we hired third-party consultants um, that are experts and they help so many people sell their products live on TV. They're amazing. Uh, but they all told us the same thing, which is that, okay, if you want your best shot 
at, at success in this 10 minute window, you need to hire, you know, you need to use these type of models that all have perfect skin. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but that's exactly why I'm not doing the business. Like, I, like I'm doing this to try and actually shift culture and beauty and do something bigger than myself. And I have this vision that I'm going to, you know, use, you know, models that have real skin problems and all ages and shapes and sizes and skin tones. And, 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 and they would, they would just look at me and tell me like, listen, if you want our advice and the best shot at success, here's what you need to do. And so I started arguing with them and saying, okay, but I get that's how it's always been done. And I get that's the only way it's been successful so far. But intuitively, if I'm sitting at home watching this TV show and I see models that don't look like me, how do I know the product's going to work for me? And we would kind of get into it. And I was like, what if I just take my makeup off on national TV and show my bright red rosacea? Um, and they were mortified at that idea. You know what I mean? And, and so it was really tricky because sometimes we have moments in life where like we have to decide, do you put the, like, like, do you put the experts on a pedestal or your own intuition on one? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's yeah. hard and especially hard when everything's on the line. Um, so I sat in that car and cried because that just felt like the right thing at the time. <laughs> and just, it, it felt like such a big decision. And I thought, okay, well, what if I do what they're saying to do? And then I become successful. Then I try it my way. I'm like, well, I know you can't fake authenticity. You know what I mean? And I would have regrets if I did that. Um, so I knew what I needed to do, but it's like sometimes we know the right thing to do, but it doesn't, but it's the hard thing to do. Um, and I sat there in that car and kept, and, and I think a lot of creators or people that have vision um, and big dreams will be able to connect with this where I just sat there and said, why am I doing what I'm doing and who am I doing this for? And I kept imagining like, who would that woman be watching on the other end? Uh, and if I was going to get one shot uh, and that's it. And I kept imagining like a single mom in Nebraska folding laundry for some reason. I imagined it like, like who was too busy to remember she mattered and that she's beautiful and all those things. And if she was going to give me a few seconds of her precious time and turn the television on and see me, like I'd rather see, have her see me showing women who look like her, calling them beautiful, meaning it, and have her not buy anything. Like I'd rather do that than sell a ton of product and stand for nothing. And so it was like, I knew what I had to do, but I was also scared. Um, and, you know, the, 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 to complete the story, <laughs> the 10 minute. Uh, we, no, we love, like, this is, this is uh, why this format exists. Please, Jamie, yeah. just keep going. This is amazing. Well, thank you for sharing these. I mean, I just feel like we're all in the, in this together. You know what I mean? And it's also, it's part of why I wrote this book, but also like part of why I'm so excited to, 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 to be on your show. And thank you again for having me as I think when we share these real stories, right? Cause no one would know these things when they just go, Oh, there's a really, she made know. it. Yeah. yeah, totally. And that's all you ever see online. Oh, she made yeah. it. Um, so, you know, but these are universal experiences, I think. And a lot of people don't talk about them. And when you look on social media, you just see everyone's highlight reel and you don't see the rejection or the pain or any of the things that we go through. And when we don't see them, then we just feel alone in them, you know? And yeah, so and we, we're, we're comparing our day-to-day -day crappy experiences of the 
you know, forgetting to turn the dryer on before you go to bed so that when you wake up, your clothes are wet. We have the experience of getting a parking ticket and, and we're comparing all those aspects of our lives to everyone else's highlight reel that you see on TV or in your, in your case, the, the, the product in the store. Um, and I agree it's toxic. And I want to say thank you for having the courage to be as vulnerable as you are in the book. I want to dive into one specific thing, which is your language is precise. You talk about, you know, loving yourself and recognizing beauty and trust and intuition and even the term seasons. I think, you know, I want to explore that in a second because sometimes we talk about our life being a certain way, but when it really, if you step far enough back and you look, there's seasons and just like, you know, it's 41 and raining here in Seattle right now. It's going to be 75 and sunny in, you know, in three months. And we forget that. But I want to go back to language because you you talk so much about it. And I'm wondering, did you have the language before you became successful? Or did was the success because, you know, was the success because of your language? Or did you develop it after you were successful looking backwards these this the, the, the way you're programming your mind i can tell it's so maybe it's not intentional or maybe it's not precise but it appears from where i'm sitting that these words of you know trusting intuition love care values like those are all those are those shine or are very dim in the brightest or darkest days of our lives and i'm wondering is that an is that a programming that you you learned across those three years? I've seen the pictures of mm-hmm. your living room where you you know your your office as you were where Marie worked. <laughs> like, what came first, your success or the language? Yeah, I think uh, I think in parallel because I think I uh, I tried to always pay attention to how what is it that's making me feel um, uh, uh, like this is right. And what's not feeling fulfilling, and 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 what I mean by that is, you know, um, uh, there were times where I was doing hundred-hour weeks for years, and I learned, oh, following sales numbers didn't feel fulfilling, <laughs> but reading customer letters where women are bawling their eyes out or saying, you know, they feel confident for the first time, first time in a long time, or or that they're never, they don't even wear makeup, they don't want to buy our products, but that they feel beautiful because we're showing real women and color, whatever it was, right? When I read those things, I actually realize, oh, what I'm doing is bigger than myself. And I feel uh, the day more. <laughs> I feel uh, like what I'm doing matters. I feel like, oh, I can't just show up again and do another show on autopilot because. This isn't about me. It's about the blessing of someone else sharing this. You know, so it's like I learned what felt what felt good and what felt right and what didn't. Um, and I think, I think for a lot of us, whether you know you're a creator or 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 maybe you're someone who's achiever based. A lot of my friends who are achievers, which is a lot of entrepreneurs, we kind of all learn this that if we just focus on that big goal or that big achievement. It's kind of never enough. <laughs> it's like, okay, then what's next? And it's never, it never, like it never fills your soul. And, you know, along the journey, just learning what fills my soul and paying attention to it, 
Um, and part of that, in terms of language, part of that was also learning that the only way I'm going to actually uh, make an impact is to also not make it about me, right? So even just, you know, what's one thing that started happening naturally is when I would go on QVC, um, I didn't talk about, like, I would talk, I, I guess you is probably the most common word I would use because I knew it wasn't about me. Um, and even, even to the moment, you know, that where we got this one shot, I had this realization chase in the, in this biggest moment, probably in my career, which was after crying in the parking lot, freaking out all the things for a week before, um, before the airing, uh, I remember walking in the studio and that one, that one shot, that 10 minute window, um, I saw the clock on the floor that said 10 minutes. Uh, I had thought that I knew what I was going to do in the 10 minutes. I had produced this whole thing, written it all out, like start to finish. I was going to do this demonstration on my wrist and that I'd practiced in my bathroom mirror to show how our concealer is better than the top two department store concealers, all this stuff. And I walk in the studio and the host, because um, they pair you with a QVC host and then you're the, you're the guest, right? That's supposed to explain your product. The host was awesome and amazing. Uh, and I shared with her what I want to do. And, and this is like two minutes before the live show. And she says, okay, thank you, sugar, but here's what we're going to do. And so everything I had planned was out the window. And I was just like, okay, like, you know, and I knew I could try. I mean, they're so good at their jobs. I knew I could trust her, but it's also just scary when everything's on the line. And so as we stood there in the studio live, right, about to go live to 100 million homes, and I see this clock and it's like 10 minutes. Uh, and then it's, and then I learned, right? <laughs> I learned that you're not guaranteed the 10 minutes. If you start selling and you're a minute or two in and you're not hitting their numbers, your minutes jump. So you boom, you're down to the two minutes and you just lost six minutes, which is a lot of money, <laughs> like all the things. And so there's so much pressure. And so I remember the 10 minute clock. Um, and I remember it was like 959, 958. And I was like, like we're live on national it's television, it's right? Real. Yeah, it's, it's real. happening. And, and when you talk about language and about where and when it develops, for me, I remember the moment in real time of this happening where we were like 958, 957. And I was like, I, I would go in and out of being bigger than myself or being about myself. And, and, and this, I think, is important for any creator, any, any person, um, any leader, any business uh, owner, um, any person, really. But what I mean by this is I remember in that live moment with all the pressure in the world, I would go, I would make it about myself for a second and think things like, is my dress too tight on national television? I remember feeling like sweat running. This is so gross, but I was so nervous, like sweat running down my back. And I was like, are my spanks going to catch the sweat? Like, so I start thinking these thoughts, which is about me. And I knew in that moment, if I make, if I even waste any of my time and my one shot making this about me, I'm done. Like, like, I really wanted to shift culture in the beauty industry. I really wanted to do something bigger than myself. And so in that moment, I knew, I knew that, and I knew it had to be about her. And so, you know, and so then I remember walking over to all the, the models that were all ages and shapes and sizes and skin tones and, and calling them beautiful and meaning it and, and having this experience. I remember my bright red bare faced rosacea filled face came up on national TV um, and I just remember the whole thing. And then it, there was like a minute left of, and the host says, uh, 
the deep shade is almost gone. The tan shade is down to 200 units or something like that. And I was like, <gasps> and then I remember at the 10 minute mark, the sold out sign came up across the screen. And I literally start sobbing on TV. And my husband came running through the double doors and um, of the studio. And I'm like crying. I'm like, real women have spoken. And he's like, we're not going bankrupt. And this whole thing. And I was just like, Whoa. and that one, that one airing turned into um, five that year, 101 the next year. And we eventually got over 250 live shows a year for eight years. And, and still at this moment, uh, and, and built the largest beauty brand in QVC's history. Uh, and it is right now at this moment. And I only share that because it was, it was three years of no's and being told you're not the right fit. And, um, and I just think that like, no one can tell you <laughs> you're not the right fit. You know what I mean? No one can tell you that your dream isn't going to work. And no one can tell you that, uh, uh, yeah, that you're not the right fit or that you're not, you know, that, 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 that your vision isn't going to be successful. Um, and I don't think, I think most people don't mean bad. I think they, they want the best for you. They're just, again, even experts sometimes just see things through their own experience. And if they've only seen one thing work before and you're doing something novel or you're doing something only the way you're going to do it, then just by definition, it's novel. And I think a lot of times, even experts who are amazing and meanwhile are only capable of seeing things as being successful if they've already seen them done before. And I learned that. Um, and the last part of this, Chase, is that Alan Burke, the guy who, the head of all of beauty, right, who who said, you're, you're not the right fit. Um, after, and then I cried myself to sleep for three days, after we launched on um, QVC, uh, he ended up becoming a dear friend and one of my greatest mentors in my entire life. He is till this day. Um, and after he retired from QVC, um, we actually hired him in a paid position on our advisory board, Frit Cosmetics. And so the guy who rejected me was now working for me. And, um, and to top it all off is... The last thing I'll say is had he said yes any sooner, like sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And had he said yes any sooner, I think we would have failed on QVC. We, I didn't know at the time, but we weren't operationally sophisticated enough to handle the back end of an account that large and all those things. And so, you know, it was a blessing he said no when he did. And, and I think that sometimes um, rejection rejection is, is often just grace, <laughs> like serendipitous grace, um, wrapped in this package that really sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's a pill. It's tough to swallow at the time, but again, looking backwards, that's the way that we can connect the dots, right? We can't, that so many, so much yeah. of this doesn't make sense. And thank you for sharing the, sharing the story behind the story. Um, I, I truly believe that the most important words in the world are the ones that we say to ourselves and mm. it, this, you know, your ability to navigate rejection, your ability to, um, as you say, get quiet and still seems to be, you know, both here in the show and, and in the book, like absolutely foundational. Give us a little bit of like, how long did you work out that muscle? Was it three years? Was it a lifetime? Was it just in a professional capacity? Or do you make use of this in, in your personal life? Because as you said, not only is this story bigger than you, but it's bigger than business. It's about humanity and 
you know, it, whether you're successful in business or you feel fulfilled in life, there's not that much gap between those, the, you know, those, those two things you can, if you have this skill set, I believe you can, you can create or cultivate fulfillment in all these areas of your life. So yeah. was it professional, personal, and how long did you feel like it took before you had the resilience or did it just happen at the right time and you just continued to hone the muscle? Give me a little bit more color there. Yeah, I feel like it is a work in progress still. I feel like it's a lifelong journey. Um, you know, there are so many areas in my life where I went from just completely being overrun by self-doubt and learning how to um, turn down the volume on my own self-doubt. And, and, and I literally, Chase, would imagine, you know, I talk about in the book a lot, um, this idea of like this imaginary microphone or this imaginary volume dial, right? And, you know, there were times where, you know, I had, I got a strong rejection that hurt so bad from someone. And it's hard when somebody rejects us or says something about us, or we keep telling ourselves, um, you know, things that are, maybe reflections of past mistakes or past miscalculations. And we start to label ourselves as things um, and repeat them over and over. And, you know, I'm, I'm still a work in progress at this, but, but I think, you know, one of the tools I talk about in this book is how do you learn to really just turn down the volume <laughs> on those things and, and interrupt them when, when you start to tell yourself those things, right. Or repeat words that someone else said to you or a label someone else put on you or a past mistake you've made. It's like, how do you turn down the volume on those things and turn up the volume on things that serve you and that remind you of, um, of who you are and, and your strengths and your capabilities and your, um, you know, all those things. It's a work in progress for me. So I still deal with it every single day. And, you know, there's a lot of areas professionally and personally that I've, you know, learned to believe in myself and trust myself and, and know I'm enough in. And then there's other things um, related to body image that are still challenges for me to this day. Um, you know, as I've been so blessed to meet amazing people like you, um, like Oprah Winfrey, like there's so many people, right? And I, I, I share this, you know, Oprah read the book cover to cover and she was the first person that read my manuscript. And because I wanted her blessing to share a few things in the book, not about, oh, how cool is it that I, you know, uh, Oprah's my mentor, but oh, I'm still scared to call her. I share some real stuff in this book about some real work I'm still doing in real time because I think that we're all works in progress on this lifelong journey. And, you know, I won't go into like all, all of the stuff, but, the, you know, I share in the book for the first time ever about how, um, how I knew my whole life. I, I just had a feeling I was going to meet Oprah. And, and when I finally did, and she invited me to her house for lunch, and we had this three-hour lunch, just the two of us. And when, when I left the lunch that day, and this was three years ago, she says, she gave me her cell phone number. And she said, you can call me anytime. Like, call me anytime. And I uh, freaked out internally. And I was like, absolutely. Thank you so much. Here's my cell phone number. <laughs> and uh, and uh, to this day, Chase, when I have something I want to share with her, I want to, you know, say a prayer for her. I want to inspire her. Or I want to ask her advice on something or whatever it is. I will text her or email. 
uh, and by the way, when she writes back over text and I see the three dots, like I still freak out. I screenshot it sometimes. Um, <laughs> I will, <laughs> I will text her and I will, I will, will email. I have not called, I've not called her. And I had this big realization, um, fairly recently and I wasn't proud of it. And I realized, oh, wow, I still don't believe deep down inside that I'm at the same like vibration level as Oprah to just call her up. And that's something I'm working on in real time because I know that's a lie. I know every one of us, every human being is worthy of calling each other up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're all the same. We're all connected. We're all in this life together. Like we all have the same hopes and doubts and fears. And, and so, you know, for me, it's really, it's really a work in progress. There's a lot of areas in my life I've figured it out. And, and so I'm now working <laughs> on applying some of those same, um, the same principles and lessons to, to different areas of my life and, and to making better decisions. And, and I think too, you know, the better we get at it, we also learn to, to trust ourselves when not to trust ourselves, right? For, you know, starting a company with my, my partner. Um, and then we both ended up working hundred hour weeks for 10 years. And it was, I share all about that too, because a lot of people either are or are thinking about starting a dream with a friend or a family member or, or a partner. And, you know, that comes with so much, right? And, and, to this day, part of why I decided to sell the company was because I learned to trust myself to not trust myself. That if I stayed running it and owning it all, I would still probably be addicted to work and still probably be working 100 hour weeks and still probably um, not have uh, uh, had a baby. All the things. Um because we tried for 10 years while working 100 hour weeks to, to, to have a baby. And it was just a crazy journey. And so anyways, um, you know, I made the decision in big part to sell the company because I didn't trust myself. I trusted myself enough to not trust myself that I wouldn't miss out on life. And so it's all a big journey and it's all a work in progress. And, and, and to this day, I think, and I think it will be the rest of our lives for all of us. You know, that's, that's one of the things too, is like, I feel so grateful to be able to share all of the things I learned, all the lessons I've learned so far um, in life and in business um, that I hope and prayer of service to other people and save them, you know, nights crying themselves asleep and <laughs> self-doubt and hopefully time and money and all those things. But I think that for the rest of my life, I'll be a, a work in progress too, still really trying to figure it, figure it all out as I go and overcome all that not enoughness that all of us have at deep levels. It's so true that this story is is so much bigger than a billion dollar brand or you know overcoming obstacles as you say we're all in this together but there is this it's it's hard to overstate the feeling that I have about the that this is you know in the particular I think it's James Joyce in the particular lies the universal and your story is the story of so many of us um uh, sort of one last line of questioning and it's, it's how, what I have experienced in my own life and having so many amazing folks on the show, yourself, Brene Brown, Arlen Hamilton, Richard Branson, so many folks who have created the success. It seems like there's a, a bunch of common threads, but one that I want to pull in right now and get your take is you scratched your own itch. 
right? That this this solution to the problems that you were having with makeup as a as an on air anchor is it could be seen that that is obtuse and out there and how many people have this problem of being on camera and mic and makeup cracking and and yet you know here you are on the other side of you know creating as you mentioned the largest you know beauty brand that's going right now you you solved your own problem how important was that did it you know and, and what are the you know give me like a little 360 on that what what were your think your thoughts at the time and your thoughts now if you were going to give advice to someone because there are so many people that not only do they they just have an instinct of a, maybe a direction to walk but they don't know what to do and they're looking to solve other people's problems and i i have a fear that if you try and solve other people's problems when the going gets tough you don't have the conviction but these are my words and i want to hear yours yeah i think that um you know, I think you, we always hear the classic entrepreneurial story, right? Of like, oh, I have a problem and nothing out there solves it. And I created something that did, and now it's a big success. So there's so many examples of that out there. Um, but I also think that that makes so many people put so much pressure on themselves that they think that they need to have something so, uh, uh, you know, specific or personal to them for it to work, um, or they need to be solving their own problem for it to work. I think that meaning for their dream to, to become successful or to catch on or to, you know, um, I think that every single person, uh, if, if they really follow like their own, um, how do I say this? It's almost like a gravitational force <laughs> that you feel, right? You're knowing that knowing inside of what brings you joy. What what do you have that that just feels right, and you feel in flow in your doing, and you feel called to do. I feel like that's the magic. Not do I have a specific problem um, uh, for me that I need to solve. I think that while that can be your gravitational pull and that can be a really, really strong one because you have a really personal connection to it, I don't think that that has to be there for somebody's dream to be as valid, as successful as everything. I think that it's, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are people that just feel pulled to paint on a canvas and express themselves and and their work serves the world and helps heal humanity through love and inspires other people and helps brighten their day and, you know, helps them understand themselves better. Um, I think that, I think that us really learning again, going back to knowing, um, mm -hmm. what is that thing that brings us joy that makes us feel in alignment with our own you know, calling. And it's okay if, if you don't know that yet, right? It's okay if you haven't really figured that out yet. But I think it's a journey of paying attention to what feels right in your soul when you're doing it and when you're going after it and when you're creating it. Um, and I think that if you don't have a specific problem, right? And to your point, if you're solving other people's problems, is that going to be enough? Um, and And what I would say is that, you know, whether or not it's a specific problem, 
to you. Um, you know, we hear so many thought leaders, um, and, and I know you probably had so many of them on your show, um, talking about how do you identify your why and your mission and why you're doing what you're doing. And I think that, you know, uh, the biggest mistake I see people make in going after their dreams or why they quit, even though they keep feeling like they're supposed to keep going, but they quit. Um, I think a lot of people identify a why or their mission for why they're doing what they're doing. I think they identify one that sounds really good and it makes a lot of sense. And when they share it with other people, they're like, oh, that's so good. But at the end of the day, it's not deep enough and it's not meaningful enough to them personally to, help, to, to, to keep going when times are tough. And so if your problem you're solving isn't personal to you, I think whatever you're doing can equally work if your why is deep enough and personal enough to you. Um, and an example of this would be, uh, you know, talking about solving, solving other people's problems. So if I had created my makeup company and said, oh, I want to solve my own skin problems, uh, uh, I don't think that alone is, is a deep enough why. Honestly, for me, if I, if it was, oh, I want to help so many other women, right? This would be an example of one that sounds so good. I want to help millions of other women solve their skin problems. And that was my why. If I shared that with their, anyone else, they'd be like, you're amazing. That's so great. But like, is that really deep enough to keep me going every time I got knocked down for years? And and so, you know, or I want to make a lot of money or I want to pay for my kids college one day, whatever it is, those things all sound so good. And I, what I would love to challenge every, everyone in your audience to do, because I think you have to attach a why to any goal or any dream, right? A lot of people keep like a goal journal and they write their goals, but they never attach a why to each one. And then, and then they give up. Um, I would challenge everyone for their, whether it's their creation or why they're creating or their, their passion or their, even their hobby or a personal goal or their business goal is to, is to really know your why, but then go, wait a minute, can I peel back the layers on this why and go way deeper? And what I mean by that is if, if my why would have been, let me solve my own problems on my skin, let me solve all the problems for so many other women and men out there who have given up on makeup, I don't think it would have been enough for me to keep going. But because, you know, I had this moment, Chase, where I realized, oh my gosh, my whole life, all the ads I saw as a little girl showing me what beauty is, like I love them. I aspire to look like those commercials, but they, even as a little girl, always made me feel like I wasn't enough. And my vision of trying to create a, a, a beauty company that, 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 redefined what beauty looks like uh, uh, for every little girl out there who's about to start doubting herself uh, and every grown person who still does. Like that why was so painful to me from a whole life of identifying why it mattered to me to do this, that that's really one of the biggest things that helped keep me going also during all the times of, of you know, getting knocked down or or hearing no again or when self-doubt would enter my head again. And so I don't think that your company or your business has to be solving your own problem, but I do think that it has to be attached to a why that is so deeply personal to you um, that it helps sustain you in those times when it feels like you're the only person believing in yourself. <laughs> again, 
Thank you so much. The book is incredible. You know, part memoir, part manifesto. Um, there's so many amazing lessons, so much wisdom, real life stories, humility, uh, grace, um, vulnerability, and it truly does light the path for uh, not just professional success, but fulfillment as a human being. So I want to say thank you for writing it. It's mm -hmm. a book that needed to be written and only you could have made that book. Um, and for, for those who haven't, you know, consumed your story, the book is amazing. And it made me want to dive into all these other aspects on the internet. Um, to like, that's where I got, for example, the video of you on QVC and, uh, it was just, a, it was a treat to, to go back and, for the people who are curious and, and want to buy the book, I understand you've got yeah. some some special stuff for them at your site. You know, when, when I did yeah. a book and the same thing. So help me understand that. And, yeah. you know, our, our readers know how important it is to support you in your book launch this week. Um, but where would you steer them yeah. to basically get the most that they can out of their uh, their 20 bucks? Yeah, thank you so much, Chase. Yeah, so so the book's called Believe It, and the and you can grab it any anywhere books are sold. So independent bookstores, uh, Barnes and Noble, um, Amazon, Target, anywhere books are sold. And if you grab one, um, and then you go to believeit.com. So the book is Believe It, and then the website's believeit.com. Um, yeah, in in celebration of the launch and um, my first ever book, we're just giving away tons of free stuff. So anybody who picks the book up anywhere, when you go to believeit.com. Uh, you just enter your order number and you'll get a free, um, I did a 95 page action plan that helps you implement all the lessons from the book um, into your real life. And then I did a course called Becoming Unstoppable, um, how to overcome the things holding you back. And you get both of those for free uh, uh, in celebration of the launch on believeit.com. And so I'm super excited. Thank you for, for sharing this moment as well with me and just, um, and just sharing stories together and yeah, super grateful and excited. Your, your story is so inspirational and the vulnerability is, is so key. We get to feel like we know you. And as you said early on in our show, sort of the stories behind the stories, I think that's what we all are craving now more than ever. So thank you for showing up in the world for, uh, in large part, redefining beauty. You've, you've, you know, done so much work against that big vision that you had and appreciate you sharing your stories with us today. Um, Chase, thank you so much. We're going to get that book. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in wherever you are in the world. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jamie Kern Lima and Jamie signing off until next time. Um, grateful to have you on the show. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, that is a wrap. But before you go, hey, I wanted to say thank you so much. And I do note that many of you have asked how you can help me out there in the world. And I have a great answer for that. And it is sharing this show. Um, my goal is I create this content with a, with a talented, hardworking crew over here at Creative Live. And our goal is to get this information out there into the world, help the, the greatest creators and, and entrepreneurs of our time get their ideas spread far and wide. So you sharing your takeaways or just links to the show, any of the podcast platforms or whatever means the world to me. Thing two, how you can help if you care is to leave a review at your preferred podcast platform. That also helps surface uh, this show, the guests uh, in, in search results on each of the platforms. And it means a lot. So thank you so much. Really, really grateful. And I'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Hopefully soon, maybe next, maybe right after this, maybe you're going to listen Anyway, 
whenever you get around to it, I'm here. Thank you.